0: Talking Heads is brought to you by FreshBooks. For freelancers and small business owners, FreshBooks takes the pain out of accounting. Have a question about the service? A real live human will answer every call in about three rings. Get your 30-day free trial by going to freshbooks.com slash talking and enter the code TALKING. And welcome into the latest edition of Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut. Mark Stern is in San Francisco, California. Hello, Mark.
1: Hey, what's up, man? As we speak... I am looking out at the Golden Gate Bridge from the 42nd floor of the
0: Hilton Hotel where I am staying right now. I am looking out at my backyard, so go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, what happened here? Boy, boy? a lot of things can change in a year. My wife actually asked me this today, and it was the first time I felt this way. She said, are you jealous of the people who are at the Super Bowl? Because I was there last year as a member of the media covering it um, for ESPN. And I gotta say, this is the first thing um, that I'm actually jealous of, that I wish I was out there being a part of. As much as we even said last week, it, it's kind of it, it's a lot of work, and it's not as fun as it would look. I mean, if you're calling the game, it's a blast. Uh, but there's three people doing that. Everyone else is in the media is working their fucking ass off for this week um, to get their jobs done and doing everything they need to do. But I do miss it. I'm actually jealous of it. So, so what's the scene like out there?
1: It's still early on for me. I'll tell you this much: I've only the only other Super Bowl I went to was last year in Arizona. And I hated it. Everything was so spread out. I am not a huge fan of Phoenix. It's just not. I was unimpressed with the town and what it sort of had to offer. But right away, coming into San Francisco, and I haven't been to this city in like 30 years, I love it. There's so much going on. We're like right in downtown. And the game's in Santa Clara, so it's like an hour away. But like the broadcast center is is downtown. I'm staying downtown. There's just everything is, is a lot cooler and more interesting. And it just, you feel like it's a better scene. And that, of course, lasts until you actually walk into Radio Row at 5 o'clock in the morning local time. And you're, like, still trying to get up. You're, like, you know, your head's in a fog. And this is what you hear as you're walking through. Hey, everybody, it's great to be here, man. Hey, I'll tell you what, this is San Francisco. It's a big treat, man. I love rice, roti, stuff like that. Hey, man, we're coming at you live from Radio Row, and you just want to take a sledgehammer and hit these jackasses in the face, and it makes you realize you're like, all these idiots who work in radio, I'm part of this group, and I hate everybody.
0: Oh, God. I mean, it is mutants. I, I've said this. A lot of people have said to me through this process of what I'm going to do next, they, they've pointed to me back to radio, and they said, you know, you know we, we i i take it as a as a compliment they're like we think you're good at it and you should consider going back into it and i said no i like this podcasting thing i don't like formats and i also don't like the mutants there's a lot of mutants involved in that industry there's a lot of antisocial strange people who like work in that industry and radio row which i've been a part of a few times at a few different events like the final four and the super bowl and other things like that y- you get to see all of them in one place and it's it's like um you think Comic-Con's weird? Go check that out, okay? <laughs> Go check out that ragtag bunch of people that are hanging out at three in the morning setting up cables to make sure that the black magic of radio works in uh, in Albany, New York, from San Francisco, California.
1: Yeah, and it's, I mean, it really is uh, just a band of misfits. I mean, there's some great people, and it's good. You, you run into people that you haven't seen in a while, and, and there are some good people in the business, but the vast majority of them, you're just like, oh, God. Just shut up. And then and then you'll, re- yeah. you'll remember this, too. And literally, this is what I'm dealing with. I'm sitting down at the table. We're getting ready to do the show. And this guy walks over, and he's like, hey, my name's like Stefan Papalapalapas, and I'm a NFL comedian. I've got all kinds of jokes about the NFL. Can I come on your show? Oh, and I God. was like,
0: no, you can't. Could you please leave me alone now? Get the hell oh. away from me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You just harkened up the memory. We had a guy in the hotel last year where all the ESPN people were staying. We were in, um, in Scottsdale, somewhere in Scottsdale, I don't remember, uh, not far from where our broadcast site was last year for the Super Bowl. And there was a guy there who, and it became clear pretty quickly, he's pitching himself to everybody. Like he, and he. it was something about some kind of show that he did, and it involved magic and football. <laughs> and it was like a radio show, and I'm sitting here going, <laughs> I don't know how that even makes sense. How do you do magic tricks on the radio and talk about football all at the same time? Like, I don't understand who your audience is, but I remember this guy and I'm sitting there going, I feel bad for this dude because he's deluded himself into believing that he's got some sellable product to the biggest network in the world. And he's going to ask every single person if he can do anything with them. And they're all going to say no. All right. of them, every single person, right. they're all going to say right. no. Except for some
1: hapless producer who doesn't know any better and he'll go over to his host and be like, right. hey,
0: I booked the football
1: magician. You guys, you guys should be excited. He's really funny. Get away from me. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah.
0: You're fired. <laughs> you're crazy and you're fired. Yeah. Go away. Don't talk to me ever again. Yeah. Um, have you? So you, you have, it's only, we're taping this on a Monday, so you just got there. So you haven't had part really in any of the stuff during the week. Right. Um, Last year the big party I went to, I made myself go to one. We were up really early, but I made myself go to one. It was the EA Sports one. They always put together a really good one if you're looking for a really good one. And I saw it was a weird lineup. It was Little John, Florida Georgia line, and then Nelly. I mean, I there couldn't be three more distinctly different types of musical acts following <laughs> each other. It was like you know, it was like Woodstock on heroin. Like it was just like it didn't make any sense. It was weird. So I went to that and that was fun. But the weird part is as you go around town, you'll like there's Jeff Ross, the comedian Roastmaster, hanging out with Tony Romo. Like, it just doesn't, like, at all, and all these worlds kind of collide, and it's kind of a really bizarre week. Once you get outside of, you're going to work 14 hours a day. You're probably going to work really weird hours. You're going to be really tired, and there's no real payoff for you because you're not the people calling the game. Everyone thinks it's this, like, so incredible event to be part of it. You really kind of aren't part of all of that. It's really a job. But the exterior, all that stuff of it is really cool if you can be involved. Yeah, in
1: there's some cool events. And like I said, I mean, the thing about Phoenix was everything was so spread out. Some people are in Scottsdale. Some people are downtown. Some people were other places. And, you know, it just it never really felt like there was like sort of a cohesive area that everybody was. And here at the very onset of the week, anyways, it just feels different and it feels just a lot cooler just san francisco is a great town so no i i'm I'm excited of course talk to me on thursday when when you're walking through radio row even at five in the morning it's totally packed because that's when all the like everybody is out you know being like hey will you talk to me please get me on your show and you know and and that's when it really gets nuts but um but right now it's uh it's pretty cool and i'm excited to be here
0: we haven't had media day yet, so I don't really know what that storyline is going to be. Most of the time, that's just ridiculous antics of people yeah. who try to push the limits. So that's not beside the point. But And I'm really glad that last week we had the Cam Newton is black. Can we all just talk about that now and maybe get it over with? That here's a black guy who's the quarterback who's really, really good, and he doesn't play the game like most other quarterbacks. And let's just get that out of the way so that we can at some point stop talking about things like that. And hopefully that will not be the dominant thing this week. But you've only been there for like a day. You're around all the people, and they're all talking what's the storyline right now what's the predominant thing that everyone seems to be talking about heading into the game Uh,
1: honestly early early on the talk and the fear is that this is going to be like the last time that Denver got to the Super Bowl against Seattle that it's just going to be an absolute crushing blow from Carolina and that that people fear that this is going to be a game that's just over before it
0: begins see i think denver's defense is way better than they were a couple of years ago so i think they're going to keep it closer but uh, there should be that fear i mean the last time denver played the first thing they did was snap the ball past peyton manning for a safety and it like got worse from there that was the first thing that happened in that game <laughs> right and everybody was like oh god like peyton Manning's gonna get embarrassed and the way that Carolina's has played the last couple of playoff games like if everyone said well you know it's a big stage for them peyton's been there denver was there a couple years ago well not all their players but a number of their players were there a couple years ago they won't be you know the moment won't be too big for them carolina it might be too big for them i would point to the last two weeks where um they played the two-time defending nfc champs and the other team that many people thought was the best team in the nfc and they crushed them absolutely tattooed crushed those teams so if that spot wasn't too big for them I have a hard time believing this one is either. And I think they're probably looking at this quarterback the way they looked at Carson Palmer and said, this guy can't beat us. He can't beat us. So we, if we handle our business, we don't have a bunch of turnovers, have a bunch of weird mistakes, we're going to beat this guy. I mean, the best quarterback they've played in the playoffs was Russell Wilson. And they were up 31 to nothing on him at one point. So, uh, you know, I, I, guess, I guess that fear is real. And the odds are going that way, you know, because because everyone knows I keep saying this, I bet on Carolina to win the Super Bowl back in August. I got him at forty five to one. My friends keep trying to talk to me about, like, what's the best hedge bet here that I should do so I can come out and win? Because I'm playing with house money right now. As long as I bet on Denver, I'm playing with house money in some way. I can't lose that way. And I keep thinking, like, what do I do here? Do I take all the points that they're getting and maybe get lucky and win both? Or do I take the money line, which is over two to one? In the Super Bowl, that's odd. It is over two to one wow. on Denver to win. So you bet hundred bucks you would win two hundred on them to bet on them right now. So that's how far off Vegas thinks they are. And so I guess maybe that fear is really real that this this is setting up for another blowout.
1: Yeah, it always kind of makes me stop and think twice when everybody's on one side of something you know because that's all, why
0: I felt about end of the week with New England and Denver I'm like something's not right here Denver's at home too many people think New England's just gonna blow them out and I had an odd feeling I'm like the public's gonna be wrong about yeah, this and they were and so
1: but honestly just looking at it and like you said it's the way that Carolina played, in those two playoff games, they didn't just win; they came out like Mike Tyson in his heyday and were just throwing knockout punches. And those games, and I know Seattle came back and made a made a game of it, but I really felt like that was because Carolina just took their foot off the gas pedal. I mean, they they really those games were over in the first half, and and I just Peyton's old, and I, I you know I know he played a, a good game against against the Patriots. I know the defense is good, but the way Carolina is playing, I, I I just see them. I, I just see them coming out early and, and getting on top, and I don't see Denver able to fight back into it.
0: I don't think Denver can come back if they get way down because yeah. I just don't, uh, this is crazy. I just don't think Peyton's good enough anymore to pull something like that off. To, so to, they would need help. So if, if it goes in that direction again, you know, it's going to get ugly. If, it, if they could somehow keep it close, then you, you never know. Peyton Manning late in the game, one drive, I'm not betting against that guy. You know, I'm not betting against him, but he has to be in that position. And I'm not so sure that he can be in that position. And and
1: just to circle back to what we talked about last week where you basically called me an idiot. Well, not an idiot, but just that was insane. You don't think, like, if Denver's down by a couple no. of scores? No, we're not putting off. You don't no, think there's no. any chance that they say we're going to go with the kid? Okay.
0: All right. Uh, he, Manning would have to be complicit in it, and he would have to be injured. He'd have to – or at least it, it'd say he was injured. He'd have to say it, and he'd have to come out and say it. And if he's willing to do that, then maybe. But there, Gary Kubiak's not pulling him out. Not not pulling him out with a with some kind of argument on the sideline about it like Peyton Manning's not gonna go down there. I would like I'd
1: like to see the argument. I'd like to see a helmet thrown and then I'd like to see both quarterbacks try and take the field at the same time. That would be what are you doing out here? This is my huddle. You get get the fuck out of here. I'm Peyton Manning. I'm Brock Osweiler. Get out.
0: That would make me laugh. That would be funny. That would be funny. And then Denver would lose worse. Yeah, it would be, be, be a worse outcome. And Peyton would stand there on the sideline laughing, yeah. going, yeah, good move, buddy. Now you look like a bigger idiot for pulling me out of the game for this guy. <laughs> right. Idiot. Right. All right, quick pick. Who do you like? Who do you, who do you got? I mean, this is Monday. It's hard to make the pick now, but this is the only one we're doing before the game's over. So what, what do you oh, think? What what's you the got? line? Are we doing it just on a line or just straight up who's going to win? Nah, just uh, pick a winner. Carolina. I can't go against Carolina. they are just playing too, too good yeah, right now. I do, too. I, I agree. I think it's Carolina. I think I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I, I think somehow Denver's defense is just too good, I think, to get blown out. But I think Carolina scores too many points. So I think they're going to win some game that's in the high 20s. Yeah. 27-20, 27-21, you know, something like that. 24-17, something of that nature. I don't think Carolina's going to score the way they've scored um, the last couple of weeks. Even though, I mean, listen, Arizona and Seattle's defenses are ridiculous, too. But Denver's just was great. Yeah. And what they did against New England was so telling to me. So I think it's going to be close. But I do think Carolina is going to end up winning. All right, there's one ad that is coming out that I just saw today that I had to mention to you that everyone's going to see on TV that you're probably not going to see because you're there. Um, It's called Super Bowl Babies. Okay, it is amazing, amazing. They have gathered together groups of kids that were born in the winning cities of Super Bowl teams on the night of, or that were conceived (laughs) on the night of the Super Bowl, (laughs) and were born nine months later, and they do it in. um, in choir fashion, wearing the colors of the teams, you know that they were born basically into, and it's to the Seal song. Um, I don't remember the name of the song, but it's the one where he goes, "Baby," that one. Okay, you I'm doing a bad. I'm doing a bad impression. I, I actually Clearly. thought that was Seal really for a second. That was really good. You, you yeah, I'm Seal. <laughs> so that was. So that was yeah. So but when you see this. It's unbelievable. They got these people together and they sing about being Super Bowl babies. And it just got me. So the, the video is amazing. I don't really know what it's for, except for, I guess, PR of the NFL's good, I guess, that they're trying to say. I don't, because I, I didn't know what it was actually for. But it got me thinking like, I have never been to a Super Bowl party where the winning team's fans started doing it i've never 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 been to one like that so i like who are these people that do it after the super bowl because i've never been to a party like where is that party i'd like to go i would i would attend that party in charlotte on sunday if you could tell me where that party is right right. all right game's over we
1: won let's make sex come on everybody partner up we want to have kids in september (laughs) october let's do this yeah Uh, everybody do it
0: yeah i hey who's ovulating (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which one of you is ovulating let's do it i want to have a super bowl baby i've
1: been to as i believe you have i've been to an awful lot of super bowl parties in my lifetime and never ever at the end of the game did it break into an orgy you know it was just like no was like you know it was just like all right that was great we're hammered that was a great game let's let's drink more you know it was never like even when the team you were rooting for won, it was not a situation where you're like, "Let's go make babies. Let's go do that right
0: now." You know, here's the new thing in this, and this is what when I saw this, I was like, I was, you know," it got me thinking about just the dynamic of sports and the culture. Because when we were younger, and, and this is no, I'm not meaning to slight this to women, there were not a lot of women involved in any of the events around sports. It was always guys with their guy friends. Right. Right. It was always that way. Guys with their guy friends. I remember I was with a bunch of guy friends in college who were from New York when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup for the first time in like 50 years. There were no girls around. And we went out and we got drunk with them that night because they were so excited that the team they'd rooted for their whole lives had finally won. They'd never seen them win. They'd finally won. And I was like, you know, this whole idea of you party, you know, with your girlfriends over these things, they would be as excited about it as you are is really a new phenomenon, really. It is. And I think it was because guys excluded women from all of it, that there were probably a lot of women that were always kind of into it, but, like, never had the outlet to be part of it. But I remember Super Bowl parties when I was younger, it was just guys. It was only guys around. And now it's like a whole cultural event where everybody's involved and everybody takes part in it. And so now I could see where you'd end up doing it instead of going out and getting as drunk as you possibly can, which is actually a sign that our – race humanity has grown <laughs> we've grown in a better place yeah. that this is yeah. where we are when we were younger i remember it, it, the girls i
1: dated back then were like oh yeah it's that game today right all right well have fun and don't call me later because you're gonna be drunk and i remember specifically do you remember the niners broncos game with montana in montana Like they, they won by like a hundred points i mean it was just a it was an utter blowout i blacked out at that game probably in the first <laughs> quarter I was making bloody Marys for everybody and as it turned out nobody at the party wanted to drink a bloody Mary. So I made like ten and everyone's like, I don't want one. I was like, Fine, I'll have yours.
0: Fine, I'll have all ten of them then.
1: I swear to God, the next thing I know is I wake up in my girlfriend's you know, room, it was at college, and you know, like like I'm on the floor, my pants are down by my ankles, like my shirt's like halfway off, and I'm just like curled up in the ball, and I wake up and she's looking at me, and she's like, "What the hell happened to you last night? You came in here screaming something about Joe is the greatest ever, and I love I love him and Jerry's great." <laughs> like, "Hey, man, I tell you, that Joe Montana is a stone cold truth, Jack." You know. <laughs> she's like,
0: You're "I wish Miss Bill Walsh was my grandfather."
1: All right, man, come on, let's do it.
0: Let's do it now. Let's make a baby. That's why I don't have a kid. Who wants to do it? <laughs> yeah, that's why. Those nights never ended that way. They never right, ended that yeah. way. And maybe that's my naivete of being an immature male at those age. But it always ended with, "Yeah, we won the Super Bowl, Jack. Where are those shots at? Get away from me, woman. Right. Yeah. Let's let's eat flapjacks. Come on, man. This is a night to celebrate. <laughs> Who's hungry? Who's hungry? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so who wants to go to steak and egg baby let's do it (laughs) you know meantime all these other people apparently were like yeah we won baby how's the vibe yeah like who knew who knew did you see
1: that draw play in the third quarter yeah i thought so let's
0: do it (laughs) yeah how about that screen pass baby yeah that's got you that's got your (laughs) motor running come on baby what you into the four three or the (laughs) three four
1: yeah i thought so come on let's play a little press covers Uh, right now Ooh.
0: Let me show you a legion of boom, (laughs) baby. Or Carolina this year. Carolina's got the best one. Keep pounding. Yeah, come on, baby.
1: Let's keep pounding it, baby. Dab it up, man. Yeah.
0: I'm going to dab this up, baby. Keep pounding. (laughs) That's just sick. That's not going to get you laid ever. Don't try it. No. (laughs) Don't listen to me. Clearly, I still don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) As exemplified by what I'm doing this weekend. That's next all over america people are counting down to a huge event that demands everyone's attention it's not the super bowl it's not the election it's taxes For a better way to manage your books and make tax season easy, try FreshBooks, a cloud accounting software designed exclusively for service-based small business owners. It's the personal accountant you've always needed right in your pocket. FreshBooks is fast. You can create and send an invoice in 30 seconds. It's easy for customers to pay online, and FreshBooks clients get paid five days faster than average. Have a question about the service, FreshBooks answers every call in five rings or less. Have a question about the service then? Just contact their award-winning support team and get help from Real Live Humans. They answer the call so quickly. No phone tree. No, let me escalate that. No, I'll get back to you. Just helpful service at the drop of a hat. From landscapers to web designers, your time is better spent. A quarterback, and offensive line, FreshBooks does all that heavy lifting on invoicing, expenses, and taxes. Right now, FreshBooks is offering my listeners 30 days of unrestricted use totally free, and you don't need a credit card to sign up. To get this 30-day free trial, just go to FreshBooks.com talking. Enter talking in the How You Heard About Us section. That's FreshBooks.com talking. Enter promo code talking. And welcome back to Talking Heads. So I'm Graham Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut. March 3rd in San Francisco, out there for Super Bowl 50 in the week leading into Carolina and Denver. So here's what I'm doing this weekend, which is really unusual. I started by saying, you know, I'm a touch jealous about the fact that you're there and I'm not because I used to be part of the sports media. And I will be again very, very soon. Hopefully I'll have an announcement pretty soon about all of that. But I'm not there now and I'm not out there. So I'm a little bit jealous about the whole thing. Here's what ended up happening this weekend um, for me. This is really unusual. So about a month or two ago, Mark, uh, my wife sends me a, um, a little bit that was done by some group online. It was called Instagram Husband. You could figure out what the, the comedy bit is here, that it's all these guys who are running around with their wives having to take all these pictures and try to smile right. about it and hit like. It was a very funny little bit that was produced by some group. And so she showed it to me, and I saw it was produced by some group called Mystery Hour, and I looked up Mystery Hour and they do a bunch of bits like this. And there was like a contact for them. So I just sent them a note and said, hey, listen, this was really funny. You know, I do stuff like that. I just reach out to strangers. And I'm like, this was really funny. And I'm like, I just, just anyway, I'm a fan. And uh, and I liked it. And the guy who runs this show wrote me back. And he was like, hey, I know you from Sports Center and all that stuff. And he's like, thanks for the note. And I'm like... Hey, listen, you know, just so you know, like I like I'm into writing comedy I have in the past. I do. uh, Mark and I, you're going to hear on this podcast at some point. We do that on our own, too. Um, And you're going to hear some actual produced bits in 2016 because we do some of that stuff. And we're working towards doing that. We just wanted to do this podcast this way for a while and get these forget. I don't know why I'm explaining that anyway. (laughs) So. So anyway, I don't know why I'm explaining why what our plan is to you right now. Anyway, so uh, ignore that. Back to the story. So the guy writes me back. He sends me a note like two weeks ago and he says, hey, what do you do in the weekend of February 6th? We tape our shows live in front of a studio audience in Springfield, Missouri. They include the bits you saw and we do interviews with people. Would you come out here and be one of our interviewees in a live show in a theater in Springfield, Missouri? And I'm like, yeah, why not? I've never actually been interviewed in a scenario like that. But there's a couple of things here. One, I'm unemployed. I wonder if they know that. Do you think they know that, or do you think that they think I still work at ESPN? Because I didn't say anything about it.
1: Well, you'll know right away. They're like, so when are you going to talk about this on SportsCenter? (laughs) Yeah, my next shift. I promise you, I'll I'll make a hit on this. (laughs) Probably never. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I got to say it's a 50-50 shot. Um, I, I don't know. How in touch with you know the scene these guys are, but I'm hoping that they know what your deal is because that would be, that would not be that. I want to say it'd be awkward, but it'd be a little awkward. They're like, great, this is Bram. He's on ESPN Sports, and you see him all the time, and you're like, no, no I'm
0: actually. I haven't been there in eight months. Um, <laughs> like, I, I do sports radio with yeah. my cat. I know, that's what I do now. Um, <laughs> no, how about or how about this one? Here's the other one I was thinking. Of. Okay, here's the other part I'm thinking about are they, they're comedy guys, right? And they do, if you see this show online, it's called The Mystery Hour. If you just look it up, you'll see it, and they do this show live. I'm, uh, they're doing a comedy show, so I'm sitting here going, am I being set up?
1: Oh, what? It, what
0: is, it, right? I should be thinking about that. Like, what's going to happen to me when I get there? Because this can't just be a straight interview, right? Like, they've got to be setting me up for something. What could that possibly be? Oh, man. I haven't seen the show, so I don't know what the
1: tone is from these guys. But I would definitely, I would definitely have that in the back of my
0: mind, am I being punked, you know, is this whole thing, is that right? That's what I think is, but I think I'm, I think I'm mentally prepared for that, but I just, you know, but not knowing how you're going to get punked is the hardest part. Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, do these guys? Is that sort of like their style? Is it sort of like commando tactics? No. Okay, then I don't think you have to worry no. about that.
0: No, I don't think. No, the, the interviews that they've done, I've seen because they, they, it's actually pretty funny. They do it with like local people in Springfield and ask about, and it, the interviews are actually pretty funny and probably it's a total inside joke for most of them. But like, I'm sitting here going, well, but I'm not one of their like local people that they would do a normal interview with. So are they going to try something different with me? I can't figure it out. So I'm like waiting, I guess, to see. But it could very well be. I walk out on stage like any other talk show. I get interviewed by the host for eight minutes, and then I walk off, and that's the end of it. That could be the case here, right. but I'm not sure. Well, this, is this like a
1: scene? And, and I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm putting this together in my head. Is this like a Zach Galifianakis, maybe
0: like you know, a between two ferns kind of thing that they want to do? Where no, like question... this guy who hosts this, I think, wants to be like a Colbert letter. Okay, like the sense I've gotten from watching the show is they love producing these little bits, but. It, With that, they also, he does like, he's sitting at a desk and interviewing people on a couch. So I think he wants to do that style of talk show. That's what I've seen. Okay. But like, you know, who knows when it's someone who's not basically in the family, who knows what they're going to do, right? Well, you. Because like when we have, we used to have guests on and we would punk the crap out of them. Me and you used to do that. Yes. We used to do that. We had this guy, John Miller, (laughs) who worked at our station, (laughs) who was all excited. About being on our show one week, yes. and the Baltimore Orioles announcer at the time is the famous John Miller, who's called a lot of games for ESPN. If you're a baseball fan, you'll know who John Miller is. He was a very famous broadcaster. Z- and we there? had John Miller on, right? John Miller was this guy who worked for us who was had way too big of an ego for someone who had like right. no, you know, no reason to have it. And we sent him to, like, the Army-Navy game or something, and we told him we'd have him on, and we had you call him as some jerk-off from Baltimore and ask him ridiculous questions about the Orioles just to see what he would do.
1: Right. Yeah, we did. It was yeah, The character's name was TJ from Dundalk, and, and John, you knew John had called his parents and said, hey, because I think it was the first time he was ever going to be on radio, and we were just yeah. You know, we we're like, let's have fun with this, man. So we didn't tell him. And it calls up, and you're like, hey, John, tell us about the Army Navy game. look like one BS question, and you go, well, that was great. Hey, John, we actually have some callers on the line. Would you like to talk to some of our listeners? <laughs> you put me on, and I'm sure. like, hey there, coach. Yes, you called the O's games. How the A's gonna do this year? And he's like, uh, I'm not that John Miller. Okay, yeah. how about the Terps? They're gonna beat the crap out of everyone this year. What do you think, there, coach? <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't, and you know, he didn't know what to say,
0: but it was so, yeah. but, but a lot of people did. Cause we used to,
1: you know, we used to, we called he's at T-Z. the army
0: Navy game and he's giving a report on the army Navy game. And then you're calling him up and basically lambasting him about the Boston Red Sox. Right. It doesn't make yeah. any sense, but he didn't know what to do. Yeah. i think the Red Sox going to stink this year. Coach. What do you think? I think Jim Palmer think? should be
1: married to everybody. I think he's a greatest co- greatest <laughs> ball player ever. I'll listen. I'll hang up and listen to your answer
0: coach. Yeah, you know, when when and the best part was the guy's ego was so big that like when we told him listeners want to talk to you. Oh, he he was like, of course, He should have known at that moment. But he's never been on the radio, which any, you know, sane person would know means nobody knows who I am. So why would they call and want to talk to me? Yeah, that's
1: (laughs) nobody talks to strangers. Yeah, that's walking into the bear trap. I mean, he was so excited to be on. I think if you go in there, I don't know these guys. What's the what's the name of the show?
0: The Mystery Hour. I, I Mystery want people hour. to check it out. And, like, you can contact us through our Twitter feed. I'm at at RealBramW, Mark's at @markstern. Mark Stern, S-T-E-R-N-E, M-A-R-C, oh, too. Yes, can M-A-R-C, I point S-T-E-R-N-E. out? S T E R N A. Yeah.
1: Can I point out something? Uh, yeah, at Mark Stern, S-T-E-R-N-E, Mark with the C. I am closing in on 5,000 followers. It's a very exciting point
0: in my you life. You realize that that's because of this. You know that, oh, right?
1: Oh, it's 100% <laughs> because of this. Nobody knows who I am. So, no, I am, I am really, really excited to get to 5,000 because that means... We're really nothing, yeah. but it's just a good goal, so there you go. Uh,
0: Real Bram W is mine, and Talking he- at Talking Heads BW is the, is the show. First yes. of all, this is a, a clear invitation. Clearly, I need allies there, so if you yes. happen to be in Missouri, come to this thing. It's a and live it. studio audience, so I'm sure it's going to be fun anyway, and I've seen their shows. They're funny. So, like, the bits they do are really funny. So, if you wanted the opportunity to see, like, a live comedy show done in talk show format, I've never heard of this being done in a smallish town like this in a live theater. Come to it and cheer for me when I come out, and I will talk to you after the show because I need—I think I need allies there. So, I'm yeah, hoping people will come this weekend in February 6th. Um, in Springfield, Missouri at—I forgot the name of the theater, but it's called the Mystery Hour. If you look it up online, it's pretty cool. All right, two quick things um, about football um, before um, we get to our last thing, and that is Calvin Johnson retired. I can't believe you did that. I hate—oh, yeah. it's so disappointing. You know, he's so great. You know, I listen, I don't know what's going on with his body, but he's so great. It's just—it's so sad when someone feels like they're leaving prematurely because I don't know that he has injuries that are debilitating, I think he has injuries that are nagging and that are hard to play with. And I get that. And it's probably hard for him to know that seven of the nine years he's been in this league, he hasn't made the playoffs and I get all that. That's tough. But I just, I hate when guys leave early because there's so much promise in people like that. And I I mean, the stats won't suggest it. And now that he's leaving early, we'll never be able to make this case, but he's the best receiver I've ever seen play ever bar none, anybody. And you'll never make, you know, you'll never be able to say he's better than Jerry Rice because Jerry Rice's stats are so ridiculous. He's, the most uncoverable, dominant, best receiver I've ever seen play, and that's just my opinion of him.
1: Yeah, it just stinks. It's like you said, he played for Detroit, though, you know, and, and Detroit is a miserable franchise. They just are. They just, they're just, they just that team, and and when you play that long and you get battered and you've been playing for a while, you got money in the bank, and you start to say, do I really want to just, you know, batter myself more? for the idea of not making the playoffs. I mean, I, I know everybody that you love playing the game, but at some point you say, is the juice worth the squeeze? And and, and I think that's what happened with it. I mean, listen, we saw that with Barry Sanders. There's a lot of players, you know, maybe not to the level of Barry Sanders and, and Calvin Johnson who call it quits early. And it always sort of makes you, I don't know, it, it, it upsets me on some level because, like you said, it feels like they left stuff on the table, and it's like you want to see them, get as much as they can out of their career. And of course that's me saying that as a fan, not as a guy yeah. playing the game. And I'm sure he's like, I want to be able to play golf when I'm older. I don't want to suffer from CTE. I don't want to have any of these debilitating effects that you can get from, you know, you're going across the middle and some guy lays you out. That could change your life forever. So I understand it, but it saddens me to see a player of his caliber. And and it's hard to compare him and Rice, but certainly as great a wide receiver as you'll ever see to play of the game is
0: Calvin Johnson. And it's,
1: it's sad well, to see him it, go.
0: It is. So, so his career ends prematurely and it, it, it's sad to see It's Second time. They've had a massive star come through that organization and leave early. Barry Sanders did it too. That's yeah. Boy, it's tough to take. Um, It, it appears um, in Chicago that a big time bears fan, her life may have ended prematurely as well, but not in the way you would think. Um, there was a obituary posted in the Chicago Tribune by Elizabeth, Of Elizabeth Bowman, I assume, by her family. And it read this way. It was short and sweet. It said, she was a woman of loyalty, integrity, opinion, curiosity, and intelligence. A lifelong fan of the Cubs, the Blackhawks, and the Bears, except Jay Cutler. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she went to her grave basically saying, his play killed me. (laughs) That's what she's saying. That's what that is saying. Oh, that's that's there's been a lot of bad Bears quarterbacks, a lot of them through the years, like a lot of really bad Bears quarterbacks. I read that as saying she's dead now because Jay Cutler made her die watching him on Sundays. Yeah, I know there's
1: a lot of Bear fans. I talk to I talk to Bear fans a lot and they're never happy with Cutler and they're just, just completely disgusted with that team. But you talk about a great shot from the grave. I mean, that's pitch slapping somebody from the coffin. You're like, I, you know, you suck as a quarterback, and I'm getting the last word because you can't say anything because I'm dead, and you
0: suck. Yeah, but I mean, like, you would think old people are wiser in their years that they would look beyond the quarterback of the Bears affects me to this degree, but apparently in this woman's case, it had to be mentioned in her obituary how bad he affected the end of her life. Wow. That's,
1: like, uh, uh, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure— I, well, you know what? I don't know what's going to be said about me when I die or when people die, but I hope they won't be like, yeah, my life was great, except for I had to listen to that jack off Stern
0: all the time. He sucked. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, I mean, it's like, I, I hate the person at the counter at Midas Breaks. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would they? Right. Why would you have been affected that much by this person? You know? Yeah. Or, like, <laughs>
1: like, you know I'm who mad.
0: killed me? Wink Martindale. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. What, you hate game shows? What's wrong with you? Right, it's like, let it go, man. It wasn't man. that bad. Let it go. And, you know, listen, yeah. I don't know what everybody believes in the afterlife. I use the generic St. Peter at the Gates, and it's like, okay, ma'am, did you really have to take that shot at Jake Cutler? Just take a seat. Just cool down for a little bit, okay? Yeah. You, you need to
0: calm down a little bit. <laughs> right, we You can. need to calm down a little bit. Like we're He's not that bad. Right, we're going to let him. in. He's not Blaine Gabbert. Can you calm down a little bit here? <laughs>
1: right, yeah. Calm down.
0: Yeah. Did you see Bubby I've Bridger seen way play? worse. Right, right. You didn't draft Achilles Smith, did you? You didn't draft him. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Calm down. Calm
1: down. Here. Go. there's a little waiting room over there they got drinks they got food. We're gonna let you in. We're just gonna let you cool down a little bit okay ma'am
0: yeah it just seems like it seems like this is something to, that you shouldn't be concerned about at the end of your life like I mean like I, I could see the end of my life I'm whispering to my loved ones you know my final thoughts I really just don't think Jay Cutler would come up at that moment I, I don't think he would come up. I think I would try to pass along whatever wisdom I've had through my years and it wouldn't be like that fucking Jay Cutler. <laughs> I just can't imagine that would be my last breath.
1: No, you know what, actually, and this is my favorite sentiment, and I can't do it now because this guy did it. I can't remember. It's a famous British comedian that when he died on his gravestone, he put, See, I told you I wasn't feeling well. And that to me is a great (laughs) (laughs) way to (laughs) go. That's funny. Yeah. See, that's, and I want to use that, but he already, it's his joke. And I'm like, damn it, that's a great line. I wish I'd thought of that.
0: This is Super Bowl week, and our friends at Sports Illustrated are going all out. The Audible's NFL podcast is delivering three special shows this week as the Monday Morning Quarterback podcast also descends on Santa Clara for Super Bowl 50. Find the Audible's NFL podcast and the Monday Morning Quarterback podcast on iTunes or si.com backslash podcasts. And welcome back to Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weinstein in my basement in Connecticut. Mark Stern is at Super Bowl 50 as they lead up to the big game, Carolina and Denver. I want to switch over to um, college basketball, which in about a few weeks um, will become the center of the world once football season is over and, of course, March Madness um, begins. Um, ESPN has started doing something. It's been going on for a couple of years now, but um here's the reality of college basketball um at least from a network television perspective and this is sad because i'm an enormous fan of college basketball i'm a huge maryland terrapins fan i'm like really excited about where they're going because they are a team that's going to end up in the top 10 and get a one or two seed they might go to the final four and i'm really pumped up about all that and i love college basketball because i love the atmospheres and all of that stuff college basketball though nationally is not rating any longer it doesn't do very well a few teams rate okay. But the vast storylines of it and and the ratings of it, it's just dwarfed by the NBA and the NFL, and they just don't get the ratings anymore. So ESPN is trying things. They have massive college basketball contracts, and they try things to try to engender more interest. And one of the things that started happening a couple years ago, um, especially when guys like Andrew Wiggins were coming out, um, when it was clear that there were a couple guys who were playing college basketball that were going to be very high draft picks, they basically just started showcasing them and making a point of showcasing them in-game, leading up to the game, out of the game, where do they stand on draft boards, to try to draw the interest back in like, hey, look, this guy's going to be a top five pick, if not the number one pick. You want to watch him. And that's just good TV. That's all that is. That, that's just executive saying, how do we get more people to watch? We'll tell them about, we need to educate them about Andrew Wiggins. He's going to be the number one pick. So we have to figure out a way to do that. ESPN has labeled this one thing um, for it called the green room. So when they go to all these major programs, they start showcasing the top prospects and they call them they're in the green room. And what they're insinuating is, is that they have to play these games in college because they're not allowed to go to the NBA until after their freshman year. But we know that they're going to the NBA after their freshman year, unless they're, you know, unusual people who want to stick around a little bit longer and don't want to take the payday. So we know what's happening. Like everyone knows what the score is. So let's just profile these guys. And they called it the green room. Roy Williams, um, of course, the extremely accomplished North Carolina head coach, has taken umbrage to this. Got in front of um, the press last week and, and, in part of a rant, he was asked about scheduling of games and went off on a tangent. So he wasn't even asked about this. And he went off on this rant. And part of it said this. He goes, that's half their damn broadcast. We're trying to win conference championships. We're trying to say the college basketball means something. And they're showing this. It's the most ridiculous freaking thing I've ever seen. And put it in capital letters and send it to ESPN and tell them if they want me to tell them privately what crap I think of it, I'll do that. And he had a rant that went on for about three minutes about all of this. But that was the parts I highlighted of it. Do you think he has a point? Because I actually don't at all. And I don't know why he would go to this, to this degree. The bottom line is that viewers are not watching college basketball the way they used to. ESPN is trying to find a way to draw more attention to it. That's good for the sport, no matter how they bring the attention to the sport and Roy Williams has zero understanding of audience development if he is saying something like that.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think that, I mean, listen, uh, uh, when you're broadcasting and and numbers are down, you're like, we have to figure out a way to get this back up. And if numbers are down for college basketball because of the way the system now works, as you talked about with guys leaving earlier and you don't get a chance to be as familiar with these players because they're coming in and out of college so quickly, um, you know, listen, You've got to try every wrinkle you can. It's all about innovation. You've got to evolve and adapt to changing circumstances, whatever business you're in, particularly broadcasting, where you have to be so aware of what people want. You have to be ahead of what they want. And if you're not, then you're a dinosaur and you're going to be gone. And what I would say to Roy Williams is, you know, hey, stay in your lane, okay? You can say all you want about that, and maybe you're just trying to bark to try and deflect attention from, say, I don't know, all the issues that are going on at North Carolina that may come, in up, come up and bite you back in the ass. Because I know there's a lot of NCAA investigations with the Tar Heels right now. Um, but just shut up, just coach. And if you win, things will happen. And stop trying to tell the broadcasters how, how to do their job, is what I would say. Yeah,
0: I, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't actually get it. Like, you know, this is the system your sports set up. So, sorry. Sorry. You know what? Like, you could say, you know, I guess you can't tell somebody there's no, you know, you can't make someone stay more than one year. But listen, this is the NBA's fault. This is the NCAA's fault. This is everybody's fault for saying, okay, we're okay with one and done guys. That we're okay with them. We want them. We're going to heavily recruit them. We want them here because we want to win. Well, guess what? When you have a bunch of one and one, one and done guys, we're going to follow them. Like, it's, like, what do you think? It's the system. You're mad at the system. Don't be mad at us. Be mad at the system. You set up a system this way where you don't have guys that stick around for four years any longer. At least not the good ones. So that's your fault. Go go clink. Go cry to somebody else about this problem that you have because nobody's watching your games otherwise. We're trying to find a way to get people to watch your games. And the only way to do it is to profile the guys that they should know yeah, moving and, forward. And-
1: Listen, we both recognize that whatever the the college basketball's numbers are throughout the course of the season, it spikes obviously during the tournament, during conference play and and conference championship week and then for the NCAA tournament. And what you need for people, because so many people are just locked in on that, if you're helping people recognize who the stars are going to be when March rolls around, you've got to do whatever you can to help your audience out and market those guys in whatever way you can. And listen, if John Calipari doesn't have a problem with the way things work, I'd say, Roy, you need to take a page from Calipari because he's the one guy that seems to have grasped exactly how this new system works and takes advantage of it. And when I say takes advantage, I mean he works the system the way it should be worked and, and gets the most out of it. And I would say, listen. If it's working for him, it should work for all of you guys. And if it makes it better for the audience, because like, oh, yeah, I saw that special on this kid, you know, and and I love what LSU's doing with Ben Simmons or whoever it is, and you're like, and that way when the tournament comes around, you feel like you have some involvement with it because you... Involvement. Yes, yeah, you have involvement because Ben
0: Simmons' team isn't going to be a really high seed in the NCAA right. tournament. So you need yeah. to know why you want to watch that. This is good for the sport. It gives exposure to other programs. You know, like, and the NCAA tournament's got a perfect scenario in which those first couple of days you don't really have to know the players you just know kentucky's good and northern arizona isn't and so you just know that like the david goliath matchups are set and that in itself sells itself when louisville is playing marist you know that there's like you don't have to know any of the players to know that would be a big deal if marist won that game you know that that would be but you just know that once you're moving forward though having some at least familiarity with who the people are that you need to watch. It's important for the sport and for the regular season. It's imperative now because the teams are not built the way they used to be built. You used to get guys that stick around for two, three years. You'd get to know the teams. They would kind of grow. But every year now is different. Kentucky's got a whole new set of players every year. And so does Roy Williams. So he's just shut up. Every, yeah. every other year, he's got a whole new. like He's got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores every single year because he's going after the highly recruited guys that aren't going to stick around for more than a couple of years. So shut up. That's how you built your team, too. Shut up. Yeah, I, I, I mean, listen, I respect what Roy Williams
1: has been able to accomplish. He's, he's done an amazing job as a coach at Kansas, at UNC. He's got national titles. I mean, the, guy, the guy's a Hall of Famer, but just, just pump the brakes, okay, pal? Just back off and, and let us in the media figure out a better way to get this product into the hands of the consumer in a way that they're going to be excited about it because that's going to benefit everybody.
0: Yeah, you, you, what do you think, Roy? Like ESPN doesn't want to just show college basketball games and, and those things sell themselves. Of course they do. Of course that's what they want to have happen. That's why they bought the product in the first place. But right now the ratings are suggesting they need to do other things. So they're doing other things. Stay in your lane. Shut up. Go win some basketball games. If you have a highly ranked team, we'll show you all the time. So shut up. <laughs> we'll show you. There's a phrase I learned in my brief time living in New York. And that's, uh, it's called shut up of your face, okay? So shut up of your face, Lloyd, all right? <laughs> shut up your face. Shut up yes. of your face, all right? All right, so I'm off to Missouri this weekend. Hopefully I'll get to a uh, a, um, a really cool Super Bowl party where I get to do it afterwards. That would be pretty do awesome. It, do it, do it, do it, do it. And then uh, are you staying for the game or no? Or are you coming No,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm flying out on Friday. Uh, I am not going to stick around for the game, but... I'm looking forward to a good week of uh, of broadcasting here and checking out some of the sites in the city, and then uh, we can talk about that. Uh, obviously, we'll have lots to talk about next week. But dude, that sounds exciting with Missouri, man! I, I can't wait to hear about that.
0: All right, so if you're in Springfield, come see me. I would love to meet you. Uh, you know, do whatever you can do to to make sure I don't get um get punked by these people. You know, help me out. Hook a brother up. And oh yeah, share the podcast. People just share the podcast. Yes, share the podcast. And if your friends don't know how to do podcasts, they're dumb. But you teach them. You know, do them. Do save them. A, do a life lesson for them. Teach them how to do this. Get them out of the arcane way of listening to audio. Show them how to do this. And, and share our podcast. We've been growing recently. I'm really proud of all that. So keep just keep sharing it. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you next week.